Welcome back to another episode of Locked On NBA Draft. Uh, a special guest with me today, got Isaiah Brinson, one of uh, one of my close Twitter friends, I, I guess is a way to introduce you. Uh, sorry for not the sharpest uh, introduction on that, but uh, Isaiah, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, likewise, man. I'm very excited for this. So in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, the three Kentucky guys, you know, Terrence Clark, BJ Boston, um, Isaiah Jackson, and then also Winthrop's Chandler Vaughn, uh, VCU's Nashawn Bones Highland, and then the G League Ignites Isaiah Todd. Uh, so do you want to just start, go ahead and uh, do the G League, start at the top of the competition and uh, and just break him down a little bit? Okay, so when you talk about Isaiah Todd, he arguably helped himself more than anybody. In G League, you know, um, you know, it was it was a point in time where thought that he wouldn't even be drafted, you know, like going undrafted. You know, people thought maybe he needed a year in college, but you know, turn turns out that you know, because like I always say, the college the college game isn't for everybody, you know, and you know, there there were questions about you know his physicality. He floats too much on the perimeter. You know, like and and to to an extent, he kind of reminds me of I don't know if you remember. He kind of reminds me of Perry Jones. Perry Jones, he's played for Baylor, yeah. um, first round pick of Oklahoma City a few years back. That's who he kind of reminds me of in terms of you know that big fluid wing. If he's fluid, but he tends to float. Yeah, you know what I mean, like he like plays he plays smaller than plays smaller than five six ten. You know. And I even noticed that my first couple, my couple of times seeing him on the AAU circuit, you know, when when, when he was playing, um, he was playing with Adidas. So, but, but, you know, the, the uh, G League, G League really, really helped him, really gave that NBA space and, you know, this really gave him, you know, a lot more room to show what he can really do. Like his, it gave him a chance to show his perimeter oriented skill set. You know, so and in, in this climate, you know, a versatile biz that could play out on the perimeter, you know, that's they're at a premium, so to say. So, you know, so it, it, it did him more, more, more good than not. So, yeah, no, I agree. And especially because for a lot of people didn't know what his game was like. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not as familiar with high school basketball as you are. Uh, but I knew, you know, he had decommitted from Michigan, had kind of fallen off from that number one label he had gotten probably prematurely. Um, but he really, I, I mean, I agree. He definitely did himself. Yeah, like, a I want to say, yeah, like I want to say, like for the majority, majority, like of his sophomore, junior season, like he was, like he was a consensus top five, top 10 guy in his class. So, but, it, and, and I actually, and looking back at in hindsight with Juwan Howard, you know, maybe 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 Juwan playing under him and his system could have helped him. In, it could have helped him in a sense because you know if, if you think about it, if you think about Juwan Howard when during his playing game, during his playing days, you know he was he had he had that inside outside game too. You know, not necessarily the three point line because you know back then. You know, fours and fives weren't encouraged to take that shot. Yep. But, but you know, but he had that 
inside outside Packers too. So thinking back, looking at it in the hindsight, you know, Zay Todd, Zay Todd could have actually benefited from playing at Michigan as well. But you know, but that was one of my knocks on him. You know that he floats floats a lot. You know, and he plays he plays smaller than six nine, six ten, six eleven. So. That was one of my knocks on it. Right, and his jump shot, like, I mean, he's got a modern forward skill. Like, yeah, yeah it's very, a little bit tough, very, very, like, the mechanics, the stroke on the jump shot. Like, it's, 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 um, you know, no. Yeah, and all the stats suggest, like, you know, that he's fine, too. Like, 36% in the G League on three attempts a game, you know, 82% from the line. And he created for himself, too. I mean, he had a lot of flashes where he would take guys one-on-one, hit step backs, Things like that, just off the dribble jump shots, which at six nine, six ten for a raw guy, it's rare. Yeah, and, and taking smaller guys down on the block, you know. Yep. It's... Yeah, and I I feel like I mean you said you know he did a lot for himself in the bubble in that G League bubble, and people just don't talk about how he was probably the biggest gainer. A lot of people think Jalen Green, but I mean if you watch Jalen Green, I mean I've I've seen high school tape of his, like you know he was yeah. worth top five talent. Like he didn't really yeah. help him. Just yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. See, Jalen Green, he Jalen Green was going top five, top top four, top five, regardless. You know, exactly. And and Kaminga, Kaminga was safe and pretty much relatively safe in that top six, top seven area. You know, Jalen Green and Kaminga were were good regardless. You know, it it was it was more so, it was more so Zay Todd and um the point guard Dacian Nix. It was more so how they. How, how much they were going to gain, you know? Yep. No, I completely agree. So where where would you – like, I got two questions. First of all, where would you say he goes in the draft? And then second, um, what what would you say his, is his biggest, like, fatal flaw? Like, if he doesn't improve on something, what is he – what's going to hold him back? I could, I, could see, I could see a team taking the flyer on him in the second round. Maybe, maybe possibly late first, you know, if he trusts your player development. Maybe possibly late first if you um, but in terms of his fatal, in terms of his fatal flaw, it's 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 hard to it's hard to say with a guy like him because because the way the game is played, it 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 encourages bigs to be more perimeter oriented, and that's and that's pretty much right down his alley. But yep. uh, but but on the hindsight, you know. I feel like the league is slowly but surely getting back to being a big league. So, you know, so I, I would just say that Zay Todd just has to get stronger and play bigger, you know, like yep. and play bigger, you know, like don't, don't not be so perimeter oriented and, you know, it's, it start working and start maybe working inside out a little bit more because, you know, every, every six, nine, six, 10, six, 11 guy, that's that skinny and can handle the ball isn't Kevin Durant or Brandon Ingram. <laughs> but, uh, but those, so it, it isn't. It, it, it isn't. You know, and, and it's crazy because like over the last few years, you know, every every guy that every guy that comes along, you know, we we give them that that title. You know, yep. but it, and plus, what'll help him in his case is you look at how a guy like Jaden McDaniels has looked. This year, Jaden McDaniels looked this year with the Timberwolves, you know. And and mind you, when he came in the high school, he was one of the guys projected as possibly the top pick in the draft. Yeah. 
coming into Washington. He falls, falls late first round, but he's got an opportunity and he he's looked pretty solid. Does does points. So a guy like him being be successful could could definitely help um, Zay Todd's case. Yeah, no, I completely agree. No, so Isaiah Todd's pretty good. I mean, so the other guy, uh, next guy I wanted to talk about was uh, someone you brought up who is Chandler Vaughn, or excuse Vaughn. me, sorry, excuse me. Uh, Chandler Vaughn. Chandler Vaughn from Winthrop, 6'7". Uh, I don't even know what position to call him. He's just 6'7". He, he, he's the... Uh, I'll say this. He's definitely a secondary ball handler at the next level. But his story is interesting because a lot of people, a lot of people talk about Jason Preston, kid from Ohio, his story. Chandler's story is is just interesting as well. You know, you go you go from playing Division two at Walsh University, up um, a, a private school in Ohio, um, go from Division two, transfers to mid major Winthrop, ends up sitting out a year due to the transfer rules, comes back. Senior year ends up winning Big South Player of the Year. You know, um, numerous triple doubles at the college level. Get getting your team to the NCAA tournament. He he he's kind of. Um, if I had to make a player comp for Chandler Vardrin, he's somewhere in between Sadaransky and Gravis Vasquez. He's he, he's some he's somewhere in between there. Like he like he's a mix of that. You know. Yep. Yeah, that big, the big off guard almost, but he can do so much. I mean, yeah, he averaged 12, 7, and 7 at. Yeah, uh, yep. Very, very, very respectable shooter, too. Um, I think, I think I'm going to say he shot, what, 37 to 38% from three? Yep. Yeah, exactly. 37 and a half. And percent for three. And, you know, and it's like if you look at how teams are playing in the NBA now, you know, teams that have multiple, multiple guards that can make decisions. In the in the in the in the flow of the game, you know, like he he kind of he kind of fits that mold, and and you look at his story, you know, it, it's all, all his story. This little tells me that he tells me is that he's going to work. Yeah, he's definitely work. So, yeah, and I mean, what do you think of the fact that I mean, first of all, the competition obviously is always going to be used against him, uh, just being in the Big South and really not facing a ton. And and if you look at just the box score or just the Villanova game, you know, he, the scoring didn't stand out, but he still impacted the game like a lot. Yeah, but of course, of course. But this, this, what do you think, like his athletic limitations? Because he's not an above the rim player at all. I don't really think, uh, but he's crafty. I think he finishes yeah, well. Very, what do you think yeah, that very, limits him in the NBA? Yeah, very crafty, and, and that's and that's to his benefit because on the perimeter, you really can't touch nobody. Yeah, um, you, you you really can't touch nobody on the perimeter. So it's 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 so it's so much freedom of movement now, you know. So ha- having having a big six 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 seven six eight guy on the perimeter that can that can make decisions out there for you and get the ball where it needs to be. You know that you know that that'll definitely benefit that'll benefit benefit a GM. So yeah, where would what's the earliest you would take him in the draft? The er, the earliest I would take him if if I don't if I was a GM if I don't take him second round I would definitely use a two way on him. Yeah, uh, definitely use a. Two- you said two way or exhibit ten? Sorry, cut out for a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 
Yeah, and that's a knock yeah. for a lot of guys. Some people think that's a knock because, I mean, you know, exhibit tens rarely turn into NBA players. But Freddie Gillespie right now on on uh, the Raptors was an exhibit ten player this last summer. So, no, I like that. I like that a lot. That's a that's a good player under the radar player to keep an eye on. That I know you introduced me to him. Uh, I know he had some buzz, but definitely someone to keep an eye on. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Besides, like this is what a lot of this is what a lot of people don't don't realize when it comes to guys getting undrafted. There, there's actually there's cons to it, but there's actually pros to it as well because you become an UDFA, undrafted free agent. You know, now it's just okay. You're you're pick you're essentially picking the best situation for you. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I mean, I mean, whether I mean whether Adam Silver or the deputy commissioner calls his name, that's that's another story. But in terms of will he see will he see NBA time? Will he wear NBA uniform? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Dang, that's high praise. Well, uh, when we come back, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about. Uh, Nashawn Highland from VCU, as well as the Kentucky players. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I host rooms on Locked, in, Locked On NBA Draft once a week, uh, sometimes twice a week on usually uh, Wednesdays or Thursdays afternoons. Uh, just talk NBA draft so you can join in the conversation. So go download the free locker room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to be create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whichever sports group you want uh, for the latest league updates. Uh, follow me at Mavs Draft to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. Locker room, changing the way we talk about sports. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and pretty easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices on rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, and that's two words, L-O-C-K-E-D space O-N on their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. And we're back. Uh, So want to talk about, I think this entire segment, honestly, the second segment can just be for this one player, uh, which is Bones Highland from VCU. I know... Just as high on him as I am, um, you know, he is, I, I was surprised at the fact that he's only 6'3", because his long, he has arms that just go for days. Uh, I was really surprised to see that 165, so super skinny, maybe it's a little bit deceptive on that, 
Uh, but for the year, he averaged 19 and a half points per game, two assists, almost five rebounds, two steals on 45% from the field and 37% from three and 86% from the line. So really everything adds up. I think it's automatically the conversation starts with his shooting, right? Like his shooting, he can shoot from anywhere. He can shoot from any angle, I feel like. It, I mean, that's what you would say is probably his best trade in the NBA right away, right? Yeah, she, yeah, his shooting, and not only his shooting, his ability to create. See, yeah. his, and that, and that was, and that was a lot. That was a part of his game that I don't think early on the season was was on display enough. If you look at the West Virginia games and, and the other early non-conference games, um, he has the um, bones. I've been on record. On my Twitter profile since 2019, saying that that kid is the closest thing walking to Jamal Crawford. Yeah, I I agree. That, I agree. Uh, that uh, like from the from the body type, from the body type. Even though Jamal was six five, bones to six three, they both had those extremely extremely long arms. Extremely long arms had to handle very crafty. They both they both both of them could shoot from any suited from anywhere. Um, I feel like the issue with I feel like the issue with Bones that'd be a knock on him is because is because he's so frail and thin right now. Like he still has to grow into his body a little bit so he can so he can use that handle to touch the paint more and play through contact. Um, that's that's one of the um that that's one of the only knocks I have on him. Because on the other on the other side of the ball, defensively, like he's, I wouldn't not necessarily a great on ball defender, but in terms of like making stunts, making the correct rotations, like he's he that that's a that's a very underrated part of his game as well. So um, I think I said in August that I wouldn't be surprised if he was in. Mid mid to late first round, possibly late lottery discussion, and I feel like, and and I feel and I feel like um if VCU would have had a chance to make a twenty run, then he would have then he he would have had a very good chance to boost his stock to okay okay like this guy he's he'd be in that lottery discussion so yeah yeah no and he did get screwed by the COVID case that came up at the, at the tournament, like the day of the game too. I mean, it was, yeah, it was really it felt so bad, man. You know, yeah. And I mean, for me, when you, for when you watch him, I mean, dude, he can pull up, I mean, transition, he's ready to adjust to NBA tempo too. I don't think there's much of a gap in like, he's, I don't think he's raw, you know, like for what the NBA will take because he can just step in five seconds or less offense almost where as soon as he yeah. crosses half court, yeah, he gets very offense. Yeah, a, a lot, a, a guy that a lot of, a lot that I see a lot of people compare him to in that sense is Emmanuel Quickly, but you know, but I've been preaching to people all the time, you know, like Bones is a little bit more craftier with that basketball and a little bit more trickier with the pill than than um than Emmanuel Quickly. So, you know, so uh, yeah, statistically they're similar, but like as players, they're not all that similar. I like the Jamal Crawford comp because. I don't know. I, I feel like that's one that he, I don't know. It's just that creation, the flair, the flash, you know, just yeah, all of it. The way, yeah, the the way they play is just so similar. Yeah, the, the, the creation. And, and, and on top of that, 
like I said, when you talk about the arms and the wingspan, like he, like when you watch him, he actually looks about six four, six five, but he isn't, and he has those long arms. And if you look at his moves, you know, starts high, start starts high, comes back low on his moves and stuff like that. Very shifty. So, yeah. What do you think? So, I mean, going into his long arms, what do you think is about his defense? Do you think he's like going to be good on that end? Is that a weakness? Is it doesn't matter if it's a weakness? What do you think of that? He'll, um, he'll definitely be, uh, he definitely should be above average, just be uh, definitely above average, not, not necessarily as an on ball defender, like not as, as a one on one defender. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna, as a coach, I'm not gonna, you know, put bones, okay other guy's best perimeter ball handler bones you match up with him i'm not gonna do that but in terms of like getting deflections making the correct rotations he's very instinctual when it comes to that yeah team defense making the correct stunts he's very instinctual when it comes to that so yeah no i agree and vcu had i think either the best or second best defense in the entire uh a10 and yeah. I, he can play within that system. That's why I think a team like Orlando, for example, is just perfect for him because while they're not like full of great defenders, they're great team defense. And I mean, and he fits the offensive needs, but something like that is just so perfect for him is a team like that, that can just plug him in and not have to worry about the defensive viability. Because personally, I kind of differ on than you uh, on that. I, I don't necessarily like same thing. I don't like his on ball defense, but uh, I can be convinced that his, off-ball defense and just rotations that he's not going to mess something up and just yeah. make the wrong move. Yeah, yeah, of course, because if you, if you look at the way the way um, the way today's game is played, you know, it's the ball the ball moves so much. It's a it, it it's so much switching and everything. So you know. Yep. Yeah, as long as you can just make up for the fact that you're lost or something, I think you're okay. Yeah, yeah, and and plus and plus him actually growing into his body. I don't think that we're going to um, see see it actually come to fruition until maybe about year two, year two, year two, possibly oh. year three, because, you know, because, you know, like he's, he's so, he's so thin. You yeah. Know, like he, he, he's so thin. And, and, and I've said it before, like I've said it before, maybe over time it'll change, but I've, I've said it before, like he's allergic to contact. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've, I've 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 said I've said that before. Like he's 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 borderline allergic to contact. So um. <laughs> sounds. I mean, there's been a lot of prospects come through like that. I've heard the same thing. Another guy who comes out as a uh, as a comparison, not like one to one, but has a lot of shades of it. Feels like it's same height too. Is C.J. McCollum, who I think I don't. I think that's like an absolute best case scenario. Uh, and I don't know how much I actually believe in that comparison, but. What do you think is someone like not someone or just a specific role that he could be like his ceiling, his meet like middle outcome, I guess, and then his just bust outcome? Like, what are his outcomes for all three of those? To be honest with you, like I I, I feel like he shoots the ball too well to to be a uh, to be a bust, especially in especially yeah. in yeah. especially today NBA when when jump shooting is such a premium. Um. But but long but long term, I, I definitely see him as as being a, as being an instant offense guy, long term. 
Long term, I definitely see him, uh, see, see him as being an instant offense guy. Who know? Uh, who knows? Who know? Who knows? Maybe he becomes a full time starter. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe because if 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 you notice, if you notice, you know, we've seen teams put, put out small backcourts. The, the Blazers. <laughs> look, look at Portland. <laughs> yeah. Look. Look at Portland. Um. Even um. Even even Cleveland has tried to take a page out of that book. Yep. You know? So, you know, that could be the next like, wave. yeah, it could be like the next wave in the NBA. It's just that small, that small scoring di- like dynamic backcourt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that. I like that. There's a lot to like with Highland. So um, when we get back for the final segment, we'll do uh, the three Kentucky guys: uh, BJ Boston, Terrence Clark, and Isaiah Jackson. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football and college basketball might be over but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV, and has real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, bet, uh, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts and use promo code locked on as one word L O C K E D O N. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL draft coverage. So i uh, got Isaiah Brinson with me. Uh, again, in case you've jumped to the most uh, arguably desirable part with the Kentucky players. Um, you know, I guess we can just start. We should just start with, honestly, the most, um, how do I word it? Just the most covered player from Kentucky, which is BJ Boston, because out of high school's absolute superstar, um, he's six seven, one eighty-five, but wasn't very productive in college, only eleven and a half points a game on thirty-five percent shooting, thirty percent from three, uh, seventy-eight percent from the line, but four and a half rebounds a game, one and a half assists. Um give me the rundown. I know you're very familiar with the Kentucky prospects, so I'm gonna allow you just to run it. And just tell me why I guess we should or shouldn't believe in uh, BJ Boston and what your take on him is, and if he can get back to his high school form. Okay, so here's the thing with BJ Boston. I actually said on my Twitter profile in 2019 that it was a chance that when he got to college, it could his stock could could plummet a little bit. You know, because if if you look, remember, if you look back to when he was playing on the AAU circuit with, you know, with Isaac Okoro, Sharif Cooper during the AOT days, you know, he, he was primarily catch the shoot, catch lobs, finish and transition. You know, like that, that was, that was pretty much more, uh, pretty much who he was, you know, then he got, he got out West. Transfers out west, get to Sierra Canyon, and you know, and we, and we saw a little bit more of what he could do. But here's the problem, you know, that I always, I, I always thought that, you know, for one, he had that he, he he had he had a little hitch, a little funky release, 
on his shot. So, so, so that was always one of my question marks, you know, with him being able to get it off with ease in a half court, in, ha- in half court situations. That was always my, that was always my knock, one of my knocks. Another one of my knocks with, with BJ was that, like, if you look at him, he's still razor thin. So, you know, so he, so he wasn't really as strong enough to play the way that he wanted to play, being able to take guys off the bounce and finish through contact. You know, he wasn't really strong enough to do all that. And on top of that, you know, the point guard play at Kentucky wasn't as ideal. And, you know, and, you know, b- better point guard play would have helped BJ a lot. <laughs> I mean, it was outright bad. It was outright bad. I mean, like, all due respect, it was just... Hey, look, man, look, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> I mean, context matters, though, you know, and I, they didn't have a true point guard. I don't think they had a single true point guard that could run the offense. And that matters. I mean, you're right. Yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, so, yeah, so that, that'll be one thing that he'll have on his side. You know, that if, if he gets somewhere where there's, you know, where, where there's solid to top flight point guard play, you know, life would be a little easier for him. Yeah. Life would be, life would be, life would be a little easier for him so, because cause that way he can get back to doing what he was doing at AOT. Catch and shoot, attack a closeout, finish in transition. You know, and then and, and then as as time goes on, if he gets stronger, you know, we'll probably you know he'll probably carve himself out to be a, a solid guy. Like he kind of reminds me of um, so where I'm looking for. Kind of reminds me of Jeremy Lamb in a sense. Yeah, kinda, yeah, I like kinda, that. Oh, I lost you there. I uh, lost you there, Zay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. He kind of reminds you of who? Jeremy Lamb. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jeremy Lamb is a perfect example. Yeah, so where's the earliest you would take him, BJ Boston, in the draft? I'll take him... The earliest I would take him was it would be like... Would be like in the 20s, like somewhere in that 24, 25 range. I, I, I... I take him in the twenties, and, and 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 any anywhere from there, anywhere from there to mid second, anywhere from there to mid second. Yeah, I mean, he reminds me of the Nico Mannion of this class, where he's just fallen and fallen, and I mean, someone will get someone. He needs to go to the right situation. I don't really think there's any doubt on that because he has the tools. It's just he needs someone who can fine tune him. And I mean, he's clearly in a funk, uh, one way or another for the whole year. I mean, a year long funk. And I think he'll be fine, but uh, only if he goes to the right team. Yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah, yeah. So it's like, and I feel like a lot of that was was because he was he was put in a situation where he had to try to do more than you know what he could do, do more than what he can really do. You know, exactly. Yeah, because like I said, like he's he's not strong enough to play the play style that he wants to play in terms of being able to take guys off the bounce and finish through contact and, and, and being, and being that guy, this is, that can just, you know, go, go get a bucket for me, you know? Yep. So, but, but not the, um, not the fast forward, the guy that was built to 
be that guy. Yep. <laughs> Since we're talking about the Kentucky guys, um, Terrence Clark. Yep, the that was the next was one. Build, yes, yes. The, the guy that was built to be that guy. Um, let me just, before I go on, let me just give a shout out to Corey Underwood because he was the because he was the one guy that I talked to that was like hit it on the nail 100 percent when it comes to, when it came to T Card. So let me just give C Wood his, his flowers here. Um I think in t- in terms of player comps, um he's Will Barton. Like like in a sense like like he's Will Barton. Um a less um a slightly less athletic version of Will Barton. Um I, like his his issue I want to say is he has what you call identity crisis, you know, like, you know, like he, some, I, I feel like, you know, he gets lost in that shuffle to where, okay, should I be, should I facilitate? Should I, should I score? Should I be, should I score? Um, you know, should, you know, should I be a playmaking too? Should, should I attack and go and be score first? You know, he's, he he kind of had an identity crisis. He has an identity crisis, you know, and and that's kind of like the a gift and the curse with him because, but because the raw talent is there and the raw talent and the wiggle and the skill set, because you know he has he's he's always had a very mature offensive game, very mature from the from the footwork to jab work and everything like that. But you know, but but questions about his first step, you know, not being as athletic, like I said. Not not as not as athletic and strong enough to do what he do do what he really wants to do, you know. So, yeah, no, I completely agree. And he's a guy who I've had a hard time evaluating, but the size and tools are there. Um, what what do you think ends up happening with him getting drafted? Would you say second round? Do you think there's a chance he goes first? Would you take him in either first or second round? Like, what? Where do you stand on him? I would I would take him second round. I, I would take a second round, and and it's like it's tempting. It's it like when you know, like when you've watched him long enough, and you know what the raw talent is. Like he ha- like he has enough raw talent to where it's like you're tempted to take him first, but it's just it, it's just you know when a kid has an identity crisis like that, you know it's 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 hard to really you know it's hard to really put a guards on that. Exactly. So, so with a guy like that, he's an enigma. It's a crapshoot. You know what I mean? I, and I know for the most part, the NBA draft is a crapshoot. But when you have a guy that that aesthetically has all the tools, but it's just like, okay, but like, what is he? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. No, exactly. It's just what does he amount to? And I, I completely agree. And that kind of is a good transition almost into the next, the final Kentucky player. Um, because he's so raw as well, uh, and this is a big man, so it's harder to project. But Isaiah Jackson, who uh, you know, he's I think six ten, um, weighs about two oh six. That was preseason. That's all from Basketball Reference. Didn't really have a you know the production doesn't jump out eight and six and a half uh, with two and a half blocks though in twenty minutes a game is pretty crazy. Um, I mean, I think you were the one who had told me he's pretty raw, pretty new to basketball, right? So give me give me a quick sales pitch on him. So with Isaiah Jackson, um, he's le- he has legit showed Marcus Camby type flashes. You know, um, uh, another guy that I saw that I've seen him get compared to is Chris Boucher from the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Um, 
Um, his issue is that you know that he that he's a that he chases blocks like you know like he like he's like he chases blocks and he's not really he hasn't really mastered the art of you know being being that positional defender staying vertical you know and that that's common with bigs you know you, you know um Mitchell Robertson still has that problem you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying Mitchell Robertson still has that problem I remember um I remember DeAndre Jordan used to have that problem when he first came to so it so so that that's common especially like when you have that raw athleticism like that because he, he has the raw athleticism he has a second jump and offensively like he offensively like he showed flashes of having more in the bag than most people would have thought he had coming out of high school you know like you see you saw you saw the jump shot flashes of the jump shot you know even even though even though he didn't really shoot it at a great percentage like this is a situation where you can't really let the college stats fool you because because like you can tell you could tell like he was he was comfortable shooting it you know like he was comfortable shooting that shot you know i i saw him get the ball face up jab one two dribble pull you know like oh. he he's had a bunch of flashes man and yeah yeah so and i feel like i i feel like if he gets i feel like if he gets next to a point guard he's he's going to be really good he's like if he like if he gets a point guard where where's just where where the game can be easier easy for him, just just roll to the rim, be a lob catcher, and be a rim protector on the other end. Not necessarily not necessarily big minutes, but you know, in the situation where he gets maybe about 15, 18 minutes a game somewhere, like he like like he has a chance. Isaiah Jackson has a real real chance. Yeah, that per minute like the bench big who produces just a lot when he's in. No, I like that. Where where's the earliest you would take him in the draft? Lottery. Yeah. Lottery. End of the lottery, I assume like ten to fourteen. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, lottery. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm not I'm not even gonna yeah. hesitate to stay with there. Yeah. 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 No, it says a lot. That says a lot. I would too, because, yeah, that says a lot. I mean, just because he's so raw and that's about three guys too that you could make the argument for being in that big man, you know, high upside lottery guy um obviously evan mobley's up there but kai jones isaiah jackson there's a lot like the big man class in this and kai jones kai jones is another guy that that anybody will tell you that i i've been a big fan of like kai jones reminds me a whole lot of christian wood that's who christian wood from the houston rockets um I, i i don't think that kai is as fluid as as a sc wood yet but but um, but but there's a lot but there's a lot of similarities a lot of similarities there because because with Kai the thing with Kai is that you know like he 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 can do he he can do so many things on the perimeter like he can he can attack a closeout for you yep. he can like not only can he can he rim run you know he can step out and shoot it. He can get that. He can get on the wing um, when the defense is scrambling and attack a closeout for you. Like, like he's he he he's very multidimensional. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a borderline unicorn. 
He's a borderline unicorn. I'm I'm excited for him, and I I, I know uh, like I've done a lot of episodes on him already. I mean, he's probably the most talked about player on this podcast so far. And uh, I mean, dude, he's he's special. Like, I mean, I know you're high on him, which says a lot. Um, but he's good. So, and dude, I I appreciate you, Isaiah, joining uh, to do this podcast. So tell tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter and anywhere else uh, that you want to be found. Yeah. It- yeah, man, guys, can follow me on follow me on Twitter at um, these ain't jokes B. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny, but trust me, these really are jokes. <laughs> more, more, more times, more times than more times than not, more times than not, like these, these really are jokes. Because when it happens, because when it happens later on, it's just like, oh, he really wasn't joking. <laughs> I like it. I take it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Hey, really appreciate you joining. Uh, this is a fun episode, so definitely uh, looking forward to more in the future. All right, thanks, man. <laughs>